right, you're listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Sometimes I think I'm going to say your name by accident. <laughs> and then I say your name on purpose to mess with you. I know. Have you ever done that where, like, you pick up the phone and instead of saying, like, hi, this is me, you say the name of, like, whoever you're looking at? Yes, you, whoever you're you looking at. say, like, at whatever or... you're thinking about, like, pasta. Pa- yep. Yep. Well, just <laughs> pasta. <laughs> Who was phone? <laughs> I called. I, <laughs> you can choose to keep this in or not. I don't care if people know. But I called Jason by the wrong name once when we were uh, having sex. Uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't call him the wrong name. I called him Tex. My husband's not from Texas. I was Tex. I was trying to come up with like a sexy nickname, like yeah, cowboy, or yeah, what? Or I mean, that's not what I would say. Hey there, Maverick. No, Tex. <laughs> yeah, I called him Tex. We know he paused and was like, "What?" <laughs> I don't know. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But we're married, so... So it all worked out. It all worked out. I think it was just too difficult to get a divorce at the time, so he just went with it. Text. Too much paperwork. Text. You know. <laughs> so, um, that is... I would rather call someone by the wrong name on a phone conversation than mm-hmm. do that again. Oh, man. Okay. So I, despite the best efforts of every person I know who is male and over, let's say, 55 at this point. Okay. I don't know that much about World War II. Um, (laughs) I resist it. So if I botch anything, don't email me because I actually don't care that much. Jason will let you know. World War II is his jam. (laughs) We look like white supremacists because we have too many books with nazi shit on the cover um i'm actually going to start putting floral post-it notes over the swastikas on the books in our house because they make me uncomfortable you write a whole book about like germany during the war and then you sell it and you're so psyched and then they give you the cover and you're like oh it has a swastika on it could we not and they're like nope sells yep Yep. okay that's what sells and you're like i'm gonna autograph it and give a copy to my grandmother Mm -hmm. whose dying wish is that i published a book yeah here, Grammy. A swastika. <laughs> can, we, can, can we just paste the ugly ducking cover over the front of it or something yeah. for this one? It's like that house in Spokane. You know that one by Lincoln Park? That has... Maybe you don't know about this one. It's the mm-hmm. brick house that's right next to the plantation house on 17th. That's um, um, across the street from it, like the big Tudor? Uh, it's not... It's next to it. It's okay. next to it. So it's, it's, on, it's on the same side of the street but it would be west. It's not a Tudor. Okay, okay. Uh, but anyway, ha- it, drive by it and then look at the chimney and you'll see a diamond-shaped wood cutout on the chimney and that is hiding a swastika <gasps> because that was just a symbol, as we all know, at one time and that's what the brick workers put in this chimney in like the 1910s. Oh, no. And then, good God, you know, Hitler happens and it was uh, you could it was a swastika when I was in elementary school. Like you could still oh see God. the bricks, and it, so it was early '90s when either new owners or those owners were tired of being the white pride house and yeah. um, put a you know piece of wood up there so that they didn't remove the chimney because it's, it's a beautiful chimney, but also it's not you know 
Like, you can't reclaim that symbol. Oh my that one's just god. gone. Oh my god, that's my favorite game to play when I'm doing quilting stuff and looking at inspiration. <gasps> yes. Is, you made a swastika. Yes, check out my rail fence. No, check out your third break. Yeah, look, I made hand of cards. No. <laughs> you made a fat swastika. You made a fat swastika. <laughs> Here come my World War II stories. Okay. And both of these actually happened. These are real. And I want to preface that because I okay. feel like I had fun doing the Pacific tree octopus thing. But now yeah. whenever anything is completely off the wall and people are like, but really? But really? Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So it's 1945 in this story. Okay. There's a Sunday school teacher who's pregnant. She has her husband is the minister. And they're taking some of their students out for a ride near Klamath Falls in Oregon. Driving along a mountain road, they're going to go to a picnic. Okay. And they are, they get out because he's like, oh, I'm going to talk to the construction crew guys about fishing conditions. And his wife and the students are like, let's walk around. Okay. So the Sunday school teacher is about 100 yards from the car with the students. And she shouts back, look what I found, dear. And then there's a horrible explosion. <gasps> Do you know what this story is about? No. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Was it? No, tell me what it is. Okay. Well, these are the only combat deaths on the U.S. mainland. Because yes. that was a Japanese balloon bomb. Yes. Okay. I had yeah. heard of those. Yes. Jesus. So the minister and the construction guy is run over there and she's dead, and all the kids are dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, they oh, had, my God. I know. That's so shocking. They're like, we're going for a picnic. Do, do, do. We're in eastern yeah. Oregon. This will be fine. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Like, they don't even yeah. have rattlesnakes. You're fine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. She blows up. Yeah. So, in 1945... Japan came up with something called the Fugo campaign, you know, the fire balloon campaign. Okay. Because um, I think when people sort of picture, well, depending on how much you think about World War II, I think the way that we have our maps laid out kind of obscures how close the West Coast of the U.S. is to Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And Japan noticed that, too. So they... (laughs) Uh, put a tremendous amount of effort into this thing. It was um, a project that they started in response to something called... I knew this and then I forgot. It's all what good. the heck was it? Um, drawing a complete blank. Oh, well. But basically, uh, the first time... So the sequence goes, they bombed Pearl Harbor... Then we bomb the Japanese islands. So these two incidents are the first time the U.S. and Japan have really said, we're not just going to, like, duke this out on some tropical island and ruin the whole life of whoever lives here. Yeah. We're taking it to you. So this was in reaction to that, that they were like, okay. Oh, the Doolittle Raid. That's what it was called. Um, And really like sparked a lot of energy in Japan of, okay, well, we're going to get destructive. Wow. So they said, all right, we've got this jet stream that can actually carry stuff over to the United States. Let's take advantage of this. And they started testing it out in 
when did they come up with this? Late 1944. They launched over 9,300 fire balloons. No way. 9,000 of these things. They had whole squadrons whose whole job was to be ready when the wind conditions were right to launch these things. No way. Yeah. And they were... This was... So they had figured out there's a strong current of winter air, basically what we call the jet stream now. Yeah. And it can carry a large balloon across the Pacific in three days. And they go, okay, what if instead of a balloon... By itself, we sent a bomb and a balloon. <laughs> and they have to figure out a lot of technical stuff because if you have hydrogen and a balloon, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. I don't know this stuff. You don't I have to know physics. this. No. Um, but, you know, when it gets warmed by the sunlight, it's going to rise. When it gets cool, it's going to fall. So they actually put these little brain centers in them where if it gets below nine kilometers off the ground, there was this little um, altitude reader that would fire a little charge and cut loose some sandbags that would float back up. And they had a bunch of these. These things were big. They were, um, like, if you see people standing next to them, they're, like, maybe a a story or two high. They're pretty big. And the first ones they made were of rubberized silk, like you'd make a hot air balloon out Hmm. of. Um, Okay. I didn't know that's what you'd make a hot air balloon out of, that it was rubberized. So that's there pretty cool. There it isn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a conventional rubberized silk. I'm like, sure. okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what you make parachutes out of. I don't know. You should ask D.B. <laughs> Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't know. He picked the wrong one. <laughs> mm, is he a parachute expert? Mm, yeah. A good question. Okay. But they gave them different kinds of bombs. Um, They had high explosive bombs. They had incendiary bombs. And they they had some that were just good old gunpowder and um, thermite so that it would blow up. (laughs) But the plan was, they were like, we're going to send these things over. And it's going to draw all the focus to the west coast of the U.S. So that instead of coming over here and messing with us... They're going to have to be over there handling the fact that we are exploding stuff. Yeah. And also, the reason they sent these incendiary bombs is because they wanted to burn down the forest. They thought, okay, we're going to make these forest fires. (sighs) And they're going to have to be battling these. And it's going to take all their resources. And they're not going to be able to put as much energy into fighting us. All right. So... They started out with the rubberized silk balloons. Okay. And then they actually ended up making them out of washi, which a year ago oh. I wouldn't have known what that was, but it's yeah, a paper made yeah. out of mulberry bushes. Yeah, just like washi tape. It's yeah. really tough. And <laughs> that they shit would, is. It is, though. They made these big balloons out of um, washi tape, or not washi tape, but washi paper. And they would glue them together with um, a plant called devil's tongue um, or konyaku. So basically, it's very organic. It's very like, what do we have that we don't need for other military equipment? Yeah. Uh, And they had these teenage girls, basically, who would get together in big indoor spaces like a sumo hall or a theater and put these balloons together for the war effort. (laughs) I mean, if it wasn't for such a terrible purpose, it's really beautiful. Right. Yeah, that it's kind of adorable. It's like yeah. let's make a kite. Let's have a project. Well, yeah. also people were like 
pretty hungry at that point, too, so sometimes they would steal the paste so they could eat it. Oh, baby. Which is a bummer. Um, (laughs) Okay. So here we are in 1945, and when you picture 9,300 balloons getting launched, the Japanese forces estimated that about 10% of them were going to make it, which seems to be about what happened. Wow. But they were all over the place. These things were in Oregon, Northwest Territories in Saskatchewan, uh, Montana, Arizona, Yukon Territory. They made it that far? As far as Montana and Arizona? California, Mexico. Like, these things, once once it catches the wind, man, like... Shoot, dude, it's... Well, okay, and I don't don't want to interrupt, so tell me to hold my questions till the end if you want, but do we know if there's still unexploded bombs that reached our... Oh, I will get to that. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Um, Yeah, so the Allies, the U.S. was anxious about this because (laughs) even though um, the balloons were not really successful, uh, they knew that Japan had been working on biological weapons. Okay. So if you have you ever heard of Unit 731? I don't know. I'm going to say no because I couldn't tell you what it is. It's kind of like the Dr. Mangala of Japan. Okay. They okay. did, you know what, don't Google it, you or anyone listening to this, unless Perfect. you have, like, a strong stomach. And, I don't. Yeah. Skip I don't. it. I hate it. Okay. It, it was it was very um, Nazi-style, like, let's just see what the human body can do. Right, right. How <laughs> many cuts can we put into you before you die of shock? It was that kind of crap. Um, But one of the things that they were doing that wasn't just, like, basically torture was cultivating anthrax. Oh. (laughs) And um, also 20 tons of cowpox virus. What? Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's like the, um, basically in us, it's smallpox. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why they're called vaccines, is because you could take a little bit of cowpox and make a little cut and put it in there, and your body would mount the immune response, and then you wouldn't get smallpox. Because we could survive having a little bit of cowpox, and then you wouldn't get smallpox, so you'd be better off. I'm okay with that. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so most most of the bombs and balloons weren't doing very much, but they were still stressing everybody out quite a bit. Yeah. They were, um, not least because people were convinced these couldn't be coming from Japan. They didn't know what was happening on the other side of the ocean. All they knew was all these fucking balloons were showing up. Yeah. And they were actually quite hard to shoot down because they just sort of drift, drift, you know. (laughs) Well, how do you... How do you detonate it? I mean, do you want to shoot it down and then have it yeah, hit the ground that, really fast? That's a good call. Right? Yeah. What I mean, do we don't shoot at the bomb. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So two factors were coming together here that were making these less effective and deadly than they might have been. Okay. Which is that the jet stream that was carrying them was most active in November or so. Like, it's a winter thing, right? Yeah, okay. Well, what's fucking happening in Oregon in the winter? It's raining. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's basically what happened, is every time one of these incendiaries would try to catch a tree on fire, it would just be like, oh, it's done. (laughs) 
It's like when yeah. you find fireworks that you've had for 10 years <laughs> and you try to light it. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, no. Uh, never mind. No. A dud. Yeah. Now, this did not stop Japanese propaganda broadcasts from saying that thousands of Americans have died for these from these giant forest fires that we've caused. A thousand but, Americans died from balloons this yes, year. Yes. Thousands. Believe <laughs> us. It's definitely working. Really? Um, one of them actually landed near Hanford. That's uh, scary as shit. But it didn't um, blow up as far as I can tell. It just got kind of stuck in the power lines. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> which then cut out electricity for the nuclear reactor cooling pumps, which okay. would be smart if that's what they were actually trying to yeah. do. But they yeah. had backup safety yeah. devices. So it was kind of like, you know, blind squirrel finding a nut. Like, yeah. <laughs> this happened to work. But anyway... I'm all over the place here. They didn't think the balloons had come from Japan. They were like, oh, they're landing submarines here and releasing the balloons. Because sure, <laughs> nobody would notice that. Or they're coming out of prisoner of war camps or even from Japanese American internment centers. Jesus. Because they have tons of free time and they're very lightly supervised in those camps, right? <laughs> oh, Yeah. They were, they were, yeah, taken to these camps with a tiny little suitcase. Good thing they packed their incendiaries and balloons instead of necessities. And they're washy. <laughs> and they're washy. Don't forget the washy. Don't forget the washy, guys. <laughs> we got a project. Maybe TSA needs to change what they scan for. <laughs> I have gone through. Take those scrapbookers out. With so many scrapbooking supplies. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, so finally somebody scienced it, which usually, as ever with our stories, way late in the game, somebody oh, yeah. finally sciences this. And they said, okay, we've got some of these, because sometimes they just crashed without exploding. Okay. They they took out and looked at the sand from the sandbags, and they were like, oh, okay, oh, we look yeah. at, like, the little sea creatures yeah. and the type of sand and yeah. what kind of minerals, it's coming from Japan. Yeah, there's baby Godzillas in there. Check this yeah. shit out. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is this is like forty five percent Godzilla eggs by weight. <laughs> <laughs> by weight, not by volume, and that's an important distinction to make. <laughs> okay. At this point, the fire balloon thing was mostly over. Uh, the potential for destruction was huge, but we lucked yeah. out. Um, the concern was as well that this was going to have a psychological effect. Because remember, in 1945, everyone is very stressed out about Pearl Harbor, but we have the perception that the mainland is safe. Yeah. Hugely so, demoralizing to realize yes. the mainland is not safe. Yeah. So the U.S. is working two strategies here. They're like, we're not going to tell anyone about the balloons because a Japan's going to know it's working a little bit and B Americans are going to panic. So hey. the press doesn't publish anything about this. The office of censorship um, after Newsweek in January 1st, 1945 Newsweek runs an article called balloon mystery. <laughs> and the office of censorship says, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Cool it. They say, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Which wow. is why, presumably, when the poor Sunday school teacher yeah. and the kids walk up to this thing, they're like, yeah. me, what the fuck is that thing? Or not, yeah. they didn't say the fuck, because they're Sunday school teachers. Um, 
Yeah. A bomb disposal expert actually guessed that the bomb had been kicked. <gasps> Shitty child. <laughs> so, like, maybe you should have said, P.S. if you see this, don't worry about it, but don't kick it. Yeah, don't kick it. We could have oh, spun God. that saying, you know, well, there's American mm-hmm. testing going on and, you know, mm-hmm. don't fuck with it. We, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad yeah. idea as well. But like you said, you have no, I mean, you know I pick up weird ass shit. So if I don't know what it is and I see it on the ground and it's got even the slightest bit of shine to it, I'm going to go touch it. I want to know now that I could be doing that with a bomb because that will make me more cautious. I'm not going to panic, but I am going to remember it. Okay, yes. Everybody should have probably been told about this uh, because, yeah, there are a lot of them. We still don't know where they all are. We We don't. don't. No, let's see. So the last one that I saw with my perfunctory research was discovered in late 2014. No! By some forestry workers in British Columbia. Whoa, dude. So they launched 9,300. We've only found a couple hundred. Mm. Yeah, so there's still... Uh, so when you see, like, some rubberized silk hanging out yeah. in the forest, don't be like, I found D.B. Cooper! Uh, no. <laughs> it makes me really leave it uncomfortable. Alone. Leave, but yeah. I don't want to leave it alone. I want the money that he had with him. <laughs> uh, and, you know, probably a lot of it, I'm going to guess, has um, dissolved at this point if it was made of yeah. washy and then held together with that kind of glue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what does the bomb part look like? What is the incendiary? Uh, like some wires and tubes and little blocks of stuff, basically. Because okay. I'm yeah. like, if that <laughs> shit is covered, that could still make a big boom. Yep. Yeah, when they found this one in 2014, they put some C4 on either side of it and blew it up. Wow. Yeah. But wow. when the the Sunday school teacher died, they actually kind of kept it moderately quiet because, again, they don't want to terrify everybody and say yeah. this is what's happening. But, yeah, these were the combat deaths uh, from World War II on U.S. soil That's that we had. Mainland, I should say, obviously, Pearl on, Harbor. Yeah, right. but how, um, how many, the teacher and how many kids? Uh, five, I think. Okay. So yeah, five kids and their teacher. So six people. At the same time that Japan was doing incendiary bombs with balloons, did you read that we were doing incendiary bombs with bats? Yes. I'm aware of this. (laughs) What the fuck? I I really don't know which is more ridiculous or... Or what the logic was. But at least these, they said they were really, like, works of art. Because you had all this paper, you know, structurally put together. And then in order to get it going fast, the platoons would all rush out. And they'd just be getting, like, hundreds of these things into the air. So that's where I got the the teaser quote that I posted, actually. Because somebody said when they launched them in groups, they looked like jellyfish floating in the sky. I mean, they would, like, those paper lanterns you release yeah they'd have to be beautiful yeah oh no we're we're still finding them let's see they found eight in the 40s three in the 50s two in the 60s one in the 70s one in 2014 so i think probably most of them are are done at this point but 
Yeah, there's done there's a memorial him. where um, there? where that one blowed up blowed up and killed them. Really? Uh, what am I trying to say? There was a there's a memorial where the one deadly incident occurred. Um, the monument about uh, 68 miles northeast of Klamath Falls, and there's actually been um, Japanese civilians who visited and planted cherry trees and stuff. That's really sweet. That is sweet, right? Oh man. Yeah, balloon bombs. I don't I remember learning that. about this in school. No, no, I remember the bats. And I actually wonder if you hadn't told me about the bats a long time ago. Because when I think of the, the bomb bats, it makes me think of you. Huh. But regardless, I just think it's great that the Japanese had this beautiful, elegant, very aesthetic kind of, um, you know, it's got like this. Yeah, right. It's But it's got. <laughs> Yeah, you're. I mean, it's, you're using devil's snare, and you're using this paper, which is ephemeral, and mm-hmm. and you know, with such a big part of their culture and their arts, and they're making these very giant. Like, I mean, that's intimate to to glue mm-hmm. these forms and to you know, as a woman in this sumo hall or whatever, you and your friends are making weapons of mass destruction together, and there's something. I don't know. It's very poetic. It's very much a story. And then the Americans were like, let's put some bats on some bombs. Mm-hmm. Or put some bombs on some bats. Whichever way. We'll staple some to the others and the others to some and yeah. just see what works out. And we'll see what works out. And they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they stopped that because it was too expensive. They'd already put like $2 million in three years into bat, bat bombs. Oh my God. And then they were just like, well, the atomic solution is faster. That's and, way faster. Yeah, so they just went with that. Oh my god. Yeah, and with the balloons, they stopped after about six months because they thought it wasn't working. Because they did keep the information. You know, it mostly wasn't. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, if the mission is freak out the people on the other side, they were working. Then they, Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Congress or the, you know, army branch of... Fuck, what am I trying to say? The military... Uh, (laughs) the army branch (laughs) won these medals from army (laughs) the military thought it was potentially scary enough they kept it under wraps so like you said that was a win I just saw what you've been writing in the text box (laughs) (laughs) everybody (laughs) when you first started talking (laughs) 37 minutes ago we're trying out a new way of recording people and not only does it have sound effects it has a chat box feature and i'm typing lewd things to Liz. <laughs> lewd like a second grader would come up with <laughs> think about things you could write on a calculator that's what i'm yep. writing yep and you have a whole keyboard at your disposal so i don't even know what you're doing <laughs> i don't know Amazing. having fun with our new technology well you've got yeah. you've got another story to tell me i know yours is a two-parter I do. I'm actually going to wrap it up, given that this is 37 minutes and I'm losing my voice so hard. (gasps) You have another story ready to tell me, and you're not going to tell me it today? I don't think I am. I think I need to be done. I respect your boundaries. Thank you. But I am mad about them. (laughs) (laughs) Mad respect. That's okay. Yeah, it's mad respect. I'm making a cranky baby face. (laughs) shoot okay well then you know i don't know how you were gonna top the balloon bombs so this is fine (laughs) i'll allow it 
Okay, cool. Oh, well, man. Everyone. Thank I you hope for you're sharing not too, that with me. Too mad at me for wrapping up early, but I'm, I'm losing a voice and I'm losing my energy and I want to give you top quality stuff. So good job. We are all about quality, not quantity. Liz was com- uh, commenting in our last episode that we recorded that we went from doing short stories at like 20 minutes a pop to feeling like we, you know, can do multiple stories and then you get an hour of us just just chatting. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Uh, this is 40 minutes to make of life more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, if you think it's quality, if you think it's quality, everyone, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. So yes. rating and reviewing are really good in terms of helping other people find us yes, and decide please. that they, they like it and they want to try it out. And subscribing helps us get up the charts, actually. Yes. And uh, we're on Podbean as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have the website at Ouijabrods.com. And But I think the easiest way to get in touch with us is social media. I think if so. If you have a cool idea or, I don't know, just want to see what we're up to, we post silly things. We are we like. <laughs> a lot less specific on social media. Like, mostly it's spooky. Mostly it's Pacific Northwest. But then mm-hmm. every now and then we find something totally unrelated we think is hilarious and have to post. That's also where you can get in touch with the great merchandise that Devin has come up with. Oh, thank our you. stickers. We have two varieties. And also our Lost Things of Washington map, which is very, very cool. And Liz, I just got mine today. Liz did hella research on that. I think people are going to be really excited to learn about these 17, I think, 16 or 17 different sites in Washington that are places that could potentially have lost treasure. Well, they're not all treasure. Some no. of them are just weird things like that are sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. Liz, the treasure is the journey. And the stories that they take away. And the memories. And the memories. and Friendships. But you're right. They're not all physical treasures. Some of them are (laughs) much more allegorical, metaphorical. But when researching it, I did come to the conclusion, like, I think I may have even left some treasures out. Because I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Freaking A. Like, another (laughs) lost gold mine. Another mine. With a Soton County, I was just, a Soton lost gold mines. Like, a lot. There's a lot. 28 of them, approximately. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so check that out. You check us just... out. Check us out. We're cool. We are really cool. Don't you want to be cool? <laughs> like us? <laughs> what? This has just turned into heckling. So I think we need to wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Live weird. Die weird. Stay weird. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I can't handle you ever. Ever.